0: you Good morning. We are delighted that you have decided to join us as the calendar turns and we are celebrating the first Sabbath in November. As the leaves and the temperature here in Loma Linda gets a bit cooler, our hearts grow warm with the idea that God has called us for a purpose and our hearts grow warm because as you know, we have the best viewers. Um last week I received a package in the mail, Geraldine in Chicago. Thank you so much for that for that something. It just uh, it was one of the most meaningful things that that I've that I've had happen to me in um my my time in ministry. Uh, So we have Philip back with us because he's found out the secret that you and I share, and that is that we indeed have the best viewers. (laughs) So if you want to share your love with with Phil, uh, please do that. We love hearing your comments. Uh, We love connecting with you wherever you are. So we're going to talk about our lesson study today. But before that, we're going to invite you to pray. So join Mm -hmm. us in prayer. God, we want to thank you because... In you and through the stories of how desperately you love us, Mm. this global world becomes a tiny village. Mm. And we thank you for family in that village, whether it be here locally or in places like Chicago, Seattle, Africa, Australia. We just want to thank you. Father, we we ask that as we converse, uh, your spirit be our conversation partner. Mm-hmm. For we ask these things in your name.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So Phil, welcome, welcome hey, back. Thank you. We're, we're thank having, you. having you. We're Good having to... you back. That means uh, that means we we did well. You, uh, you like me a little bit. We do well. We like that. you. Joey still. Joey's still, <laughs> Joey's still um, coming back here from year end meetings. Yeah. And so uh, he'll he'll be back. Uh, next week, but it's good to have you. Hey, thank you. Thank it's you. Thank you. Thank you. Miguel, we were
1: just at a little past appreciation breakfast. That was very nice. It was. It was. Yeah, you know. yeah, I want to tell you just for a moment, brother, I really love and appreciate you so much. You're an incredible blessing to so many people. Aww. You really have a heart for Jesus. You have a heart for ministry, and you really love people so well, man, over and over throughout these years of working with you uh you just have showed me so much what it looks like to be a pastor mm. and uh you're a really good friend so I just want to tell you last kind of moment of appreciation mm. here before the month's over pretty much but thank you man for your example in in ministry
0: so, phil that's so sweet thank yeah, you thank yeah, you i think yeah. we've we've uh we've been uh working together for for a long time mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. and the feelings are all mutual um good. i i when I met, and you all that know Philip know how gregarious and how amazingly open and warm he is. Um, and it's just, that's rubbed off on me somehow. Uh, <laughs> and so I think um, you're, you're watching you um, just embrace people in the way that you do has mm. been really meaningful. I think it's been more meaningful to share uh to share a friendship with you. Uh, Thank you, bro. So that's something I I really believe. Thank you, man. Really, really value. So thank you.
1: Thank you for being you. You are a good example to me. So I cherish that bro. I cherish that a lot.
0: Well that's uh that's 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 (laughs) emotional today, friends. Um we're talking about excuses we do um and excuses we give. Uh, for mission, yeah. and I, I don't think it's just for mission. I think we, we often make excuses for being the type of people that God mm. has called us to be. Mm. I remember, mm. uh, and this, yeah. I, I guess, is a segue from kind of that warm moment that we just shared. I remember having people in my life that I deeply, deeply cared for, uh, but not having the capacity or the bandwidth, or even the courage mm-hmm. to show and to tell them mm-hmm. how much I appreciated mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Perhaps because I was afraid of uh, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people like you, <laughs> and to have people in our lives that are just built different and that God is gifted in indif- differently, it allows us to say, well, what would what would life look like mm-hmm. if we lived it devoid of any excuses? Ooh. Or fear. Or fear. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. a segue not only to the yeah. lesson, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. to the, the sermon series yeah. that just ended. What what would like, life look yeah. like if I got rid of it? You know, I think of
1: the fact that so many times uh, we have a fear that there's not enough credit to go mm. around. That if I say something nice, well, is there anything left mm-hmm. for me? It's like, man, there's an abundance mm. of stuff. So I think when we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about affirmation, just, how much am I willing mm-hmm. to love people? It always comes back. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it always comes back. So that's why over the years I've had to try and practice it. And I need to practice it even more at, at my home, mm-hmm. my children, my wife, you know, uh, just, just recognizing every single mm-hmm. day, man, my wife deserves the opportunity for me to shower her with praise. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my kids, regardless of how anyone feels about each other. Love is not something... That must be earned in a family unit. And so we're talking about the gospel. Man, the same thing is like, wow, people deserve the gospel. Mm -hmm. Why am I fearful to share it? Why am I scared to express something that is so powerful, so beautiful, Mm -hmm. so hope-filled and helpful Mm -hmm. to them? You know, we're thinking of tying these things in together. What you said really got me to thinking like there is enough to go around but I can't be scared all the time,
0: right?
1: I can't be scared. I got a story to tell you. Go yeah. ahead. It's gonna be
0: embarrassing. So as long as <laughs> the story is about you and not me, I'm. I'm all. We're all for embarrassing um, I got stories. One for, no, no,
1: <laughs> no, but I shared this in a sermon a long time ago when uh, uh, truth speaks. No, when truth speaks to fear. It was like I want to think one of our first sermons for the pandemic that we ever did. And I shared the moment when I just said, "Hey, you know what? Here I am in Maui with my family. We're having fun. I was climbing up a cliff. You remember the story now? I do. Yeah. And uh, and I'm climbing up, and I see this girl. She is so scared. I mean, frightened. I'm like, why is she climbing up to jump off a cliff if she's so scared? I'm like, hey, you doing okay? "Ah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hey, you're going to make it? Keep going. Okay, okay, I'm coming. And I get to the top, and I'm about to jump off, and I look at her, and she's still scared. And I just said, you know, I want to tell you, I got to take this moment because I don't know if I'll see you again. She's like, what? What's going on? Did you put your trust in Jesus yet? What do you mean? Do you love the Lord? Because you never know what's going to happen at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And I jump off, and she's like, what? And I said, pray about it and trust in Jesus. And I jumped in. And she's up there still kind of like quivering. Uh, but probably not the best opportunity how to share the gospel. But it's like, hey, take every opportunity and use it somehow to weave in Jesus. You know, some people may be like, oh, are you using people? or you, you care? No, man, it's like, I love everybody. I want yeah. them all to experience A, the best life here on this earth, which I think is through a a gospel Christian lifestyle. And secondly, I want them to see Jesus Mm -hmm. and their family and the the best people in the world for eternity, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, I think for me, that's why even if Joey were here, I think there's nobody that can speak to this topic, at least on our team better than you can. Because you live life with reckless abandon, <laughs> um, and that's how, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, and so here's something that you all don't know about about Phil. Um, so we have whole different temperaments in in the group. Just a few. Just um, a few. And every year, you you know this, we we take a a trip uh, to kind of vision cast and to talk about about the future. And my favorite part of the trip is. We get to kind of spend some unhurried time yeah. together. It is
1: really nice. Uh-huh. I'm grateful for those.
0: So when we're walking down the street, folks, um, you know, we'll be talking or I'll be thinking about something or, you know, Randy will be planning a sermon and Philip will be always looking. And so we've he stopped people and had really interesting conversations. I remember we were we were on a pier. Uh, a couple of years ago, and there were like some, some Hare Krishna type, type <laughs> folks. And you just walked up to them and said, yeah. Hey, uh, and you know, Philip in, in, in his gregarious way, just, just, connected. And I, I, I was watching this from, from a distance and Randy and I were, were kind of chatting and we said, could you ever do that? And we both kind of in unison said, absolutely not. <laughs> And that we that got me to thinking, well, mm. what is it about the temperaments like like both Randy and, and mine where that seems so daunting? And I I don't I can't speak about our senior pastor, but in my case, I think it's it's the fear of being ridiculed mm. or it's the fear of rejection, rejection yeah. and that that vulnerability now because That's it, so it, it does take vulnerability mm-hmm. to go and it say absolutely does put your trust in Jesus as you're as you're jumping off a cliff Th- there is a fear that that vulnerability gets <laughs> weaponized yeah um, sure. and so I I love this story because I think in our lesson that talked about Jonah, Jonah. Mm-hmm. that I think is part of it Jonah's identity is so closely linked to his call. Mm. And if Nineveh repents, and God forgives Nineveh, because let's face it, Jonah knows who God is. Mm-hmm. If Nineveh repents, then what happens to Jonah? What happens to his identity? What happens to his call? And so they're, they're all, all, there are these fears, I think, that are inherent, mm. uh, and that need to be conquered. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, if I'm vulnerable... Um, what is this gonna do? Putting my space myself in a space that is uncomfortable. Mm. What does that do to my identity? What does it do uh to how other people perceive me?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's two things, I guess, that that really hit me, and that is um Paul doesn't mince his words. He's like, Blessed are those who, who share the gospel, mm-hmm. blessed are the feet of those who do that he's really directly speaking to the fact that like every believer is called to do mm-hmm. it so i think if everyone understands like hey fear doesn't even have to operate in this it's just like blessed is the one who who shares mm-hmm. it um you will receive more in the end than than outweighing the balance of of the rejection because mm-hmm. rejection is going to happen right but that has to be like stated right. out right like I mean, I have had doors slammed. I did literature evangelism. I've had people saying, hey, get out of here. You know, that's just going to happen. So you have to kind of move into it knowing, hey, I don't know who will or who won't, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be willing to say Mm -hmm. the Lord will give me a blessing as much as they're going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. I want God's blessing in my life, but I also want uh, them to experience something that will Mm -hmm. utterly change their life. But I think we have to start off with the fact that it's not going to be easy. You know, I remember listening to a talk on marriage and the guy's like, "Okay, uh, remind yourself was Pastor Randy, actually, I should probably just say (laughs) "Yeah, the guy, (laughs) the guy, you know, it was two weeks ago and he's and he's doing the questionnaire and people are like, you know, answering the question, hey, marriage should be easy and and, uh, roses or something like that. You know, it's just this this idea that it will be lighthearted, fun, great, like marriage is hard, point one. Marriage is hard, point two. Marriage is hard, point three. Like, remind yourself it's going to be difficult. That is the same thing. Mm -hmm. We talk about a spiritual relationship Mm -hmm. with the world around you. Mm -hmm. Paul tells us, the world does not know me, and it will hate you as it hated me. So, if there is that understanding, first off, hey, it's going to be tough, but there's a blessing in this, and it is our call to be like Jesus. Wow. Let me let me just attempt this knowing that the percentage rate isn't going to be 100%. And that's okay cuz the blessing is not in getting 100%. The blessing comes in just sharing yeah. the outcome as you said I think you said this last week which was really profound. It's like hey the outcome is the holy spirit's it's, I can't I can't force anybody. I don't want to force anyone. I want to be like Jesus was a gentleman. But I got to I got to have that opportunity to share, even if they will not receive it from me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And we were talking off camera, Phil, about personality types a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, um, because uh, Randy and I have had this conversation before, um, for us, for people like us, it's. there's no fear, right? Uh, they did a, a, a research, at just one of these uh, man-on-the-street-type researchers uh, asking what's Americans' greatest fear in public speaking was way high on oh, the sure. list. Oh, sure. Well, that doesn't scare me. Like that, you know, if, if that's what you mean by sharing the gospel, if you mean the transferal of information yeah. or taking ideas that are abstract and somehow framing them in ways that are concrete, that Simple, doesn't scare me. Yeah. Um, now that might scare other people. Mm. Uh, I I think what scares me is the fact that in, uh, this is kind of what, uh, what our senior pastor and I kind of agreed upon that for people like us, relationships are, we feel them really deeply. Mm. And so to invest that much into a, into something is, um, is is very very daunting mm-hmm. and one of the things that that i really appreciated was you remember a few months ago we had this core clarity um uh examination yeah, done based on, on the strength team. finders uh, yeah. your strength yeah, finder and strength. yours was woo yeah and that means you have no problem with kind of winning making making that link and i think that's where where you were Working together is really important mm-hmm. uh, because you have a great, great uh, ability of l- making that link and then maybe passing it to someone oh, like yeah. like me or like yeah. Randy, who's yeah. like that initial interaction is really right. f- really right. frightening. Right. but if we actually if if someone like Philip is yeah. on the team that is making that and and then gives them to yeah. us and then we develop those, those deep. Deep walk that's away. so important to re- to
1: share with our viewers. Like, hey, listen, you're watching, you're like, oh, shoot, I can't preach, I can't, you know, teach people. That's not what Paul talks about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like he's very clear mm-hmm. in the fact that everyone has different mm-hmm. anointings mm-hmm. some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, some for administration. Like, there is a list of offerings right. there, but it's still in your own way, you got to do it. Right. That's, I think, the bigger thing. Yeah, so okay, I'm going to go through like. It's, I guess you could say my strategies, number two, I guess, would be first one, hey, you're going to have failure. That's part of it. Number two, you got to work out of your own anointing. Mm -hmm. That's essential. If Paul's talking about different gifts for everybody, then everyone who's watching right now, you got to ask yourself, Lord, how have you wired me? Mm -hmm. How can I convey through that wiring the gospel Mm -hmm. to teach it in in my own way, in Mm -hmm. my own skin? And bro, you do a phenomenal job with that. I mean, you're baptizing people every single year. You're teaching classes. You're you're a phenomenal preacher. You're conveying the gospel in your anointing. Um, whether or not I look down on you guys because you can't,
0: you know, do, <laughs> do we it just from, can't a, do that. from a train. We can, you know, we so, can't do it from a train, folks. Phil, I've seen him give uh, Bible studies to people on the street that are that yeah. are kind of half half there and half not there because of some beverages. And Phil will take them and say, have you accepted the Lord Jesus? (laughs) And people often ask Mm -hmm. Phil, because I I absolutely agree with you. First, there's going to be rejection. Secondly, work from your own, own anointing. And people often ask, well, how do I know what that is for me? And I think one of the things that was really helpful and just Watching not only how our team operates, but kind of reading, reading the literature on spiritual formation, is that usually your anointing is going to be something that you're really good at, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you enjoy doing something. That's what I would. That's where I would start. If you see this man, it's it's like walking around with a politician, folks. We we go to Drayson. We go to Drayson once in a while, and um, I'll be there, headphones on, just. Focused, laser focused on what I have to do, and this man will say hello to every single person we find at the gym because that gives you <laughs> that gives you pleasure. It brings me, it gives it me gives life. you pleasure. It really,
1: I'm always looking for if anyone's gonna make <laughs> eye contact. With
0: me. Exactly, they're all like trying to hide. And I'm like, exactly. hey, 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 did you make eye contact. With me? What's going on? That is so yeah, you and you're me. so good yeah, at it, and yeah. it comes naturally to you. And let's face it, if I were to try to do that, it would come off as being fake or yeah, being, right. being disingenuous right. and I think that's important too when you're yeah. talking about your anointing. Yeah,
1: absolutely that's essential no one is asking you to bend over backwards in some way but at the same time I will say point three when you find your anointing you still have to ask God how will I convey the gospel
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: that I mean that's 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 important yeah. Jonah's hey go Jesus says, go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Like you still have to make the Mm -hmm. disciple. So if your gift is hospitality, there needs to be one special moment there that maybe it's with everyone at the table, maybe it's one on one Mm -hmm. with someone. Just asking, I guess, point Mm -hmm. three then is like asking meaningful spiritual Mm -hmm. questions. We have to break the ice, go into the depths with people. We have a lot of shallow conversations in life. I think if you're going to be effective at witnessing, and going to people that are different Mm -hmm. from you, you just still have to ask, like, Lord, what are the questions that will break the ice? A couple really important questions I love. Just, hey, what's God saying to you these days? When you're talking to a believer that Mm -hmm. you want to draw in closer to the kingdom, Mm -hmm. hey, just what's God saying to you these days? Like, where where are you at spiritually? You you know, it seems like a simple question, but man, there's so much that comes from that. If you're talking to an unbeliever, I always talk about meaning first. Hey, what's given you meaning these days in your life? Mm. I'll talk about family. Let's say something about work. Um, and from that, we can work off mm. of something, mm. you know. And having those really simple questions to plumb someone's thought process, it breaks up their life. Because mm. most of the time, many of us are not having that series of questions. Or conversations during the day.
0: And I think that's something that I've learned from you. Wherever, um, wherever y- your giftedness lies, I think you need to be bold in yeah. asking that type of question. I remember I used to give you a lot of grief. Just a Years bit. ago. Uh, because every, everything you would do, whether it would be kind of a one-on-one interaction or a sermon or a lesson that you were teaching, you would ask the question... Um, where is where is the call? Hmm. Um, and that was your thing. Where is the call? And I, you got to understand, folks. Uh, the Adventist Church I grew up with, uh, the call was uh, was something that happened a lot, but maybe the rationale or the motivation behind the call uh, wasn't wasn't the best. And so I immediately felt aversion to that. <laughs> but then, in in seeing you minister, I started asking myself the question. Every time you share, whether it's one-on-one or whether you're taking these really abstract ideas and you're saying, okay, this is how the Trinity functions and this is an analogy I'm going to give you, Um, whether uh, whether you're doing relational work or you're systematizing theology, there has to be an opportunity to be bold and ask the call. And I think Mm. that's where we get stuck. Jonah was called not just to tell people in Nineveh about the magnificence of Israel's God. He wasn't just there mm. to talk to them about the history of the exodus. He was there to make a call. And I think yeah. often when it comes to witnessing, we do a disservice to mm. ourselves because we don't give people an mm. opportunity to respond.
1: Ooh, that's it right there. They don't have an opportunity. Mm. A lot of times when we're teaching and preaching. Mm-hmm. Like, man, if you you got them literally in your hands. Mm. Like, wow, you just prepared a beautiful meal. Everyone's like so happy. Like, <laughs> you know, yes, you could say, well, that's that's the point of it. They just experienced God's grace. And yes, they did, but wouldn't it be even better mm. if they had that opportunity to hear from you? Like, hey everyone, I just want you to know I gathered you all here because I love you so much. You all mean so much to me. I just want you to know that Jesus likewise thinks even more fondly about mm. each one of you. I'm, I'm praying that you're doing well spiritually. If you're not, may this be a moment of a restart. You know, just take, just take a couple, couple moments and say, like, oh, I can't say that. Hey, try it. Take, mm. take the risk. You got to ask yourself, what's the best thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? The best thing is always, wow, someone recommits their life to the Lord. Someone does it for the first time. Someone's just inspired. What's the worst thing? Oh, man, that was a great meal, but I wish you wouldn't have talked about the Lord.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. if that's the worst thing, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did want to go back just to Jonah 1, verse 1 and, and 2. Go to The Lord said to Jonah, son of Amatai, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing that's really tough. It's like... There is a wickedness that has come up before me. Mm. I think this is the really tough thing that people get really uncomfortable with, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Miguel.
0: I know where you're going, and you're, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're going to start striking some notes that, that are uncomfortable, but it needs to be said. You know, this is the thing we forget:
1: there is a, there is a God, and there is a Satan, mm-hmm. and there is a heaven, and there is a hell. Mm. As Admonists, we understand that there is not a place at the moment that right. is hell, right? But there is an eventual space that people will go, they will not enter the he- gates of, of heaven. That has to be a sobering reality in each of our minds that we dwell upon. Wow, wait a minute. Jesus says there in the gospels, I wish that all would be saved. He says that very clearly. I wish that all would be saved. But the fact that he says that, that also means that not all will. Mm. That is something that we don't dwell upon enough to to combat our fear of rejection or fear of looking like a fool or the fear of X, Y, and Z. It does not matter if we realize, wow, where they're going to go. If they reject Christ, if they reject his love, Man, it is so abundant that Christ loves the world. He wants them all to be with Him. It's like, oh man, so why don't we do it more? There's a bunch I could say more
0: of that, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Michael? I think I think we, you and I, I think come at it from different perspectives, but we're gonna get to the same place. Um, and I think where where I think there is there needs to be this impetus of saying, hey. You, your decisions have real ramifications, whether those ramifications be in this world mm-hmm. or be in the next. Yeah. So I think, I think that's what you're saying. And yeah. I agree with that. I also would say that true love, true love risks discomfort. Oof. And that there needs to be truth, right? Um, if if uh, I had a piece of celery or, or something in my teeth, I hope that those who love me would tell me Mm. before I go. I go out into into the broader world. And I think that's something that that we forget. Mm. Um, there is this really delicate dance between being caring and being uh, being full of condemnation. And mm. I think what, what what swings the balance the balance either way is how much do we love? Because mm. true love has to risk discomfort. Mm. And some of these this is not a comfortable sermon to preach. Yeah, the one that that John has yeah. called, as yeah. you mentioned, yeah. to preach a sermon that is going Against to be uncomfortable. It. Yeah. And and the question is, Jonah, do you love Nineveh mm, mm. enough to, to to be uncomfortable? And the answer for Jonah is obviously no, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I'd rather go the other uh, way. And, and I don't actually blame him. Right. If, if we take apart
1: just who were the Ninevites mm-hmm. just for a moment, I, I mean, I don't know if there would have been a more ruthless, violent, um, hateful group of people that would literally torture their enemies Mm -hmm. as I remember reading the history of them I mean they would literally skin people Mm -hmm. alive um the people of God were were just menaced by them Mm -hmm. and they had a reputation around the whole region world there these are not people to mess with you and they are awful Mm -hmm. and it's like God you want to send me to them could there be somebody else? Might it be just my neighbor that, you know, he just annoyingly puts his donkey always by my house and it keeps eying when I'm trying to sleep? Like, can can I go talk to that person? You know, think about the first century there. Um, but no, no, it's like go go to these people who are ruthless, hurtful at such a profound level.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, in Assyrians, you're absolutely right in your assessment. This is indeed of all the ancient empires that we live through and with in scripture. The Assyrians are by far the most brutal. Yeah. Um, The Assyrians, as you mentioned, the reliefs in the in the palace at Nineveh are uh, were decorated by scenes of them skinning their uh, those whom they had conquered. Uh, They would move uh, people from their uh, from their homelands and then bring other people from other homelands and then force intermarriages there so that people would lose their national identity. Mm. Uh, they would sprinkle salt on on the field so that when they raised something, nothing ever would grow. Oh, These wow. were terribly brutal people. And I think what 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 is happening in Jonah's mind is this this eternal question of how to balance our ideas of justice with our ideas of grace. Mm. And I think if God would have said, Hey, Jonah, um, I am going to have you go preach against Nineveh. Mm. uh, And I I need you to tell them that their time is up and that God is here to punish them. I think not, I mean, who doesn't like pointing other people's failures and saying, Hey, you're going to get yours in the end. Mm. I think the problem is Jonah knows God enough uh, that he realizes that if the uh, if the gospel is presented, and by gospel we're simply going to mean the this vision of a God who is both caring and just, if that's presented and the Ninevites repent, God's going to forgive them, mm-hmm. and that's that I don't have tolerance for. And I think the one of the things that what, what do you mean?
1: What do you mean? Break it down a little bit more.
0: I don't think jo I don't. I don't think Jonah would have had an issue saying, Hey, Nineveh, God's going to burn you. You're Sodom and Gomorrah. Here comes the fire. I think where where Jonah starts to take issue with it is just the possibility that the gospel might transform someone Uh. that really you don't want part of your congregation. Uh. And I think when that happens, Jonah says, I, no, that's, that's not for me. And one of the problems I think that that has precluded us from being effective in the way we present uh, the message is we don't understand God all that well, mm. and when when we do, we That's we fail. Point. We 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 do this that Jonah does, and so we'll say no. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with me sharing uh, the gospel to people that look and think and act and believe similarly to what I believe but when you're, t- when you're when you're when ac- you're when you're actually considering the possibility of being radically open and whom mm. we accept i don't want to share the gospel with them mm. because what if they end up in my church i, I it, no and so we we sometimes limit the field um because we we we're afraid we're afraid mm. of who god's going to mm. bring through our doors
1: that's a whole nother story right there man the idea of that we have a well-manicured church right. to the to the group that we'd like to be there, and others are just not welcome. Mm. It's tough. I would. I I wonder if you did a self-assessment. Those of you who are watching, would your church pass for being a church that genuinely is there for absolutely every demographic a person? Boy, I don't know if every church could pass that. And and sometimes I do have to say, I don't know if every church is built to minister mm-hmm. to every group of people. I think you have to ask, who is in my community that I need to essentially spend the majority of my time reaching? For me right now, I realize I've been planted on a church campus, uh, a school campus, I should say. i got to spend a lot of time mm. with these university students. This is the space I've been given. Um and then we've got other pastors who focus on other spaces other ministry aspects as well but but for me that is a priority so we've built life groups we've built a wednesday evening dinner we've built you know other opportunities in the weekend socials you know this last weekend we had people that never go to church ever different religions even but yearn for community mm-hmm. and they came to our events we had a women's kind of brunch and hang out. A speaker came. It was great. 50 girls together, never Mm -hmm. really met each other. And some of them never even come to church. They were there. We had a hike on Saturday as well. Had people who are not even Christian join us. Why they wanted community. So this is my group that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to reach their students. I probably could say, hey, we probably also need to consider what else is nearby Mm -hmm. that we need to reach out to. So... I don't think we should get too down on ourselves if it's like, oh wow, well we're not reaching, right? Hey, hey, Jesus first said start, in, start in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. start where you're at. Then you're going to keep building the concentric circles mm-hmm. out. So effectively minister where you're planted. Step mm-hmm. five, right? Where is it that you're planted to call people to reach the gospel?
0: And I think that goes that goes both ways. So we have a philosophy here um, at Loma Linda, where uh, people will call and say, "Hey, um, work at the hospital, um, or go to the school." I had a student that came up to me um, after after a class and said, "Hey, um, just having some questions about faith." My job isn't to, and I think this is what we do really well here because I think we have been planted in the middle of a, of a university campus, and this is our first focus. Sure, um, but our job isn't to make Loma Linda bigger. Mm. So what we say, or at least what I say very openly to people is, um, I'd be delighted uh, to share who we are, uh, what our core values are, what our beliefs are. And if this is a, a fit for you, uh, we'd love to have you part mm-hmm. of our community. Mm-hmm. But if if I will also share kind of some sure. of the things around us, because perhaps we're not a fit. Sure. Um, perhaps the, the church down the street mm-hmm. here is a better fit for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think when... When we focus on expanding the kingdom, Not expanding our kingdom. Mm. Uh, I think. Mm. I think that's when mission occurs. And yeah. I think that's the problem yeah. with Jonah, isn't it? Yeah. Jonah wants to expand his kingdom. Yeah. I'm a prophet. If I go back and I've preached this message of doom, and I go back to my to my mm. people, mm. and this doesn't come true, yeah. I've lost my kingdom. Yeah. People are gonna say you're not a not the Ninevites. People back in, in in Israel are gonna say, well, you're not a prophet. You prophesied destruction, and it didn't happen. So I think the question is, what are we building? Are we building our kingdom well, or are we building the kingdom?
1: Wow, wow, wow. That's profound, man. I think another really important point to add to that is the fact that Jonah Jonah ran first. Mm, yeah. He yeah, ran first. He didn't want to share. How, how many of us can relate to that? yeah, I gotta tell you, I get scared sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, man, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> like I don't know why, but it hit me right now. I'm not and you know when God speaks to you. Mm-hmm. at least I like I know, and sometimes I'm like, oh God, I really would like to do this, that someone else will do, you know, but man, he wants us to be the hands and feet. Mm. He wants us to be his hands and feet. He first ran. So recognize that is a, that's a normal experience. So you might be like sitting there and you're like feeling guilty right now. Oh, these guys, they got me. (laughs) Listen, it's a normal thing to feel as though you're not well-equipped, but you got to realize here, Jonah ran, Jonah ran. But God was merciful enough that when he said, Lord, okay, fine. Okay, fine, God, I will do it. He provided a way for him to finish the task he set before him. Whether or not you believe that he really got swallowed up by fish, that's another story. But I'm taking God's word for what it is here in this, and that he provided a way for him to fulfill the task when he said, I'm Lord, I'm willing. Okay. Mm. Even after he ran for a while, I remember being in seminary with people who are in their 50s and 60s back in Andrews. You could say they ran and they'll tell you the truth. I heard God call me when I was younger mm-hmm. to go into ministry, and I didn't. And I really trust that Bible verse. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, the call of God is irrevocable. Yeah. It yeah. will. God will not stop calling you to be His hands and feet, whether it's to go into ministry, whether it's to speak to someone. The Lord will not stop. It just depends how much you're going to be drowning out His voice with mm-hmm. the other things in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other, the other f- factor is like, We would talk about the gospel mission and then just distraction. Mm -hmm. Not every opportunity that comes your way is for you. Um, When we're talking about career advancement, different connections, relations, like some things will divert you from what God yearns for you to move into. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that God has ever abandoned you. It's just you're in a season where things aren't as clear because God wants to continue leading you towards hey your very best he'll work with you wherever you're at and as willing as 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 time goes on and the clarity reemerges again wait i can still do this mm.
0: yes you can mm. but are you willing oh that's so powerful Phil it, it reminds me of something Randy shared um we were chatting about discernment uh because as you know, our, our senior pastor is very deliberate and very me- methodical mm-hmm. in how he approaches that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just asking uh, as, as saying, well, how do you, how do you discern what the spirit is having you do? Mm. Because the reality is most of the decisions we make uh, in our spiritual walk aren't as clear as, as this invitation that jo- that Jonah receives. Most of, of our life, is kind of Grasping at straws in the darkness because we we're, were desperately wishing to discern but mm. you know uh, Sometimes sometimes there's silence and what I thought was so powerful was Randy said well silence is an answer mm. And I said so how do you discern that and he said well uh, Randy in, in his previous call uh, Had a member of his church being the, that was a, an officer in the military mm. and uh, Randy asked the same question of leadership and and this gentleman told them, well, in the military is pretty easy. Um, until we receive new orders, the previous orders stand. Wow. And I thought that was so earth-shatteringly oh, oh. powerful Ooh. as it pertains to this thing. To so much. Right it, just to oh, life in general, yeah. right? As you were speaking, just the, the cause it's one of those things that is that Randy shared that's just following. Say that me. again, bro. When you uh when you are trying to figure out the way, right, until you receive new orders, the previous orders stand. And for me that mm. that really was helpful um in, in kind of trying to navigate this where, where you're saying, Man, I wish I would hear more from God. Mm. And I think to Randy's point, you are hearing from mm. God until you receive new orders. Wow. The previous order stands. Stay faithful what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Stay faithful yeah. what you're doing. That's powerful and it's a powerful yeah. way to look at life. Mm. Um and it's I think it's a way that forces you to to align your value system with whatever God's value system is. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the ultimate excuse that that we that we give when dealing with mission, with with our approach to missions, is that I, I don't think our value systems are aligned with God's value system. Oh, wow. Tell me about that. What do you mean? Well, think about the story, how the story ends, right? We, we don't really receive it. I love this book because Jonah kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. There's mm. no resolution mm. to the story. Mm. Um, what you, happens
1: there at the end? You
0: have Jonah, right? Um, th- there is no destruction of the city. And so Jonah goes and sits and he's angry. Yeah. And I mean, there's the a plant. plant that sprouts yeah. out. And then there's a worm that in he, so he's sitting there. And he's like, well, yeah, at least it's cool. And then there's a worm that sprouts out and that eats the plant. And now he's in the heat. The heat is beating down on his head. And he is furious yeah. about this plant that, that has died. And verse 9, as as God is closing, this is kind of God's last thing. He says, um, is it right for you to be angry about uh, the gourd? It, it is, he said. I am so angry. I wish I were dead. Ooh. Just think about the level of anger over this plant. And there's a whole city that he would have happily seen burn. And then he says, you have been concerned about this gourd, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people Mm. that cannot tell their right hand from the left and also many animals? And then the That's story it. ends. Yeah, you think there's more You to think it. it's Jonah's like, oh my yes, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But the story ends open-ended like yeah. that because it's asking you the question: are your values, mm. is your value system aligned with God's value system? Mm. And until you bring those into convergence, you're always gonna have an excuse. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think the moment you you see how these excuses start to dissipate. Mm. when you when you when there's convergence
1: the, the denouement as they say and, mm. and kind of story writing when it's mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. wait what? what what where what else come on is there but i think it also asks us the same thing Correct. you know you get into a fight with let's say spouse relationship and you're and you're yelling at them you're like man am i really actually even angry about that mm-hmm. i'm not even angry i'm angry because mm-hmm. of the other thing that happened mm-hmm. at work or this you know, the kick the dog syndrome, mm-hmm. the husband comes home, yells at the wife, wife yells at the kids, kids yell you know, at each other, and then one of them kicks the dog. Um, he was exactly angry. He actually wanted the city of Nineveh mm-hmm. to die. He didn't want himself to die. He wasn't even angry at God or right. the plant. Um, but what is that telling us about, I guess, the difficulty with the gospel? When you think about who are we angry at when we don't want to share the gospel? It's like, wow. Mm. Wow, wait a minute. Who am I angry at? Who am I fearful of? I don't know, Miguel, when you think about that idea, where do you land?
0: That's a really, really good question. Um, it's a question, I think, that that demands a lot of introspection. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, in my case... Um, I often when when I hesitate I'm angry at myself. Mm. Because you look at what the gospel is and what the gospel invites us to do. And then you look at your life. Mm. And you say to yourself, uh, in a very in a very Pauline way, oh wretched man that I am, right? Mm. You look at yourself and oh, then you Lord. say, wow. Yeah. I mm. just I just acted in a way that is completely ungodlike mm. towards my kids mm. or my wife. I've got all this baggage, mm. and i'm 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 a mess. Mm. I cannot, yeah. in good conscience, go and and share about a God who is not a mess. That's it. Phil, I, and I know this has mm. happened to you. The number one reason I get when I ask someone, so why don't you get more involved? Oh, well, you know, my life doesn't match what the mm, gospel's mm, teaching, mm, and mm. so I don't want to be hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to wait until I fix my life, and yeah. then I'm going to go teach. Yeah. And really, that that excuse that keeps us from sharing is we're just upset at ourselves. Yeah. And Romans is very clear, right? There is There's no, no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in, in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus, yes, and so i think I think that's a really important question that we ask, who are you mad at? Mm-hmm. um and if you if you were if you had the possibility of seeing not only yourself, uh, not only others, I mm-hmm. should say mm-hmm. as God sees Nineveh, but seeing yourself yeah. as God sees Nineveh, Wow. I wonder if you want not be more gracious to yourself and saying, I'm just going to go share yeah, uh, yeah, because it's not about me. Yeah, yeah. The, you
1: know, if I can share one last sure. story. I was reading the book Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Mm. Man, very moving book. I, I would absolutely recommend it to anyone here. And just in the first pages of the book, he, the story goes, uh, John Piper's retelling his father preaching um, an evangelistic series, makes an appeal at the end. And he calls people forward, and they come. And there was this older man that came forward, and he's just crying there with everyone else. And they have a prayer at the final moment, song, everyone's leaving, but this man stays there at the front, just weeping. And, and Pastor Piper's like, Sir, everyone has left. What's going on? And he says this, I wasted it. Oof. I wasted it. I weep because... I wasted the years. I ran from Christ. And here I'm coming to Him in my old age. I wasted my life. Friend, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I I don't want you to get to your deathbed. Whether it's saying, I wasted my relationships. I wasted my finances. I wasted my time developing certain things. But I especially don't want you to say, that you wasted the opportunities to reach people for the kingdom in your gifting, in your area, in your way. Take a holy moment between you and the Lord, maybe even pause this and just say, God, I want to get right with you, but I also want to get right about sharing the gospel in the way that you've called me to. It is not easy, friend. We're pastors, and 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 we have a tough time. We get exhausted, tired, lazy, And and we battle with the same feelings you do. Absolutely. And so there is no I'm speaking down to you by no means. Like I'm in this with you. I I get it. We all need a coming to Jesus season in our life, but man, may we not say we wasted it. Lord, help me to use these resources you've given me in my life. Wow.
0: That's a great that's a great way, I think, to to close in prayer. Um, Phil, as always, you've you've called us. You've given us an opportunity to respond, so let's let's pray. God, our spirits yearn for you. Um, Today is the day. Mm -hmm. So whatever that looks like, whatever you would do with us, wherever you would move us, in whatever ways you would deem right and necessary, Mm -hmm. we are yours. Yes. We pray these things in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great rest of the week. Don't waste your life. Go and hug somebody or pray for somebody. Whatever you do, do it because God has called you to love and love well.